1: And Welcome back into 11, personnel. Nick Roush and Adam Luckett here at day t- – Jesus Christ, Roush.
0: Day two here at <laughs> Media Days, back at Club Marriott. Roush cannot type right Dude, now. Dude, I can't. He, I'm, he, I'm falling apart. He's trying, he's trying to drink a beer. He's pouring it in his ear. He's just all over I, the
1: place. I, I am like uh, – I'm, I, I don't know what's wrong with me, man. I'm all over the place. After I guess I'm just a little a little
0: worn out. I, I don't know. It was it feels a, like Kirby Smart talked 3 days ago.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah.
0: It Like I just I got online and I kind of th- scrolled through my tweets today and I was like, "Oh, Georgia talked today. I don't remember anything they talked and I wrote about. It. I literally wrote 900 words about Georgia today." Yeah, I don't I don't
1: remember a second of it. I do remember a little bit of Josh Heupel because like, I just, the whole time, I was just like, uh and rolling my eyes. Yeah. Every time he said, the power of the tea, or the logo. From coast to coast. Oh, my God. That just barf. Ugh. But, yeah, it's been all, it's, it, it, it a lot of stuff happened today, lucky. We're going to talk about it all, if I can get this mush mouth figured out. Um, maybe another beer will help, but we appreciate you for, for following along with this on SEC Media Days. Uh, Kentucky day was eventful. There wasn't necessarily like one big like, I, like if you asked me to have one big takeaway, I couldn't give you just one because it was it was a lot of little things. This wasn't just like people are hating on Kentucky and they're good, and Benny Snell's not taken anymore. Like it's, it was just it's very different for, than the narratives that have typically followed Stoops' program in years past.
0: Yeah. Um, Kirby filibustered on us.
1: No surprise.
0: And so we couldn't get really get any questions in with him. hypo was fine. Kiffin was really good. We'll get into him later. But from Stoops, it was just typical Stoops press conference for the most part. Um, you had to lean on him to get some answers a little bit. But he did give us some information um, with the local media, um, with you, um, a handful of others. We found out that he's going to go with Luke Fortner at center, it sounded like.
1: Yeah, yeah, that. Uh, now, he would—he didn't go out and say Luke Fortner's our starting center, but when you ask him, how's the center shaking out? And he talks about Luke Fortner for like a sentence or a paragraph and then says, yeah, you know, he's. We also got Quentin Wilson. He's going to be an option, too. But I, I think, lucky, like people go back to that 2017 game against Florida. Yeah. And the first thing they think of is the the wide receivers and just leaving them uncovered. But really, the, the snaps were – I wouldn't say a bigger – but they were, they were just as big of a problem. There was a couple that went skying over their heads. They tried to have Bunchy play at center along with Nick Haynes at right guard. And then not only did you have the snaps over his head, but then you had Nick Haynes with the light holding pin. Like, it was just – it was a disaster. That was a, that's one of those that the offensive line screwed up that game. They just did. And you take – the center for granted uh until it messes up. And in the spring they had a scrimmage and they said flat out, like, yeah, you know, we had some snapping issues and I think they expected some of that now that they're going under center more. But when it became a theme, it's like, all right, Fortner, you played a hundred million games for us. Just go out there and take care of it, buddy. You got this.
0: Yeah. I just think it's the smart move. Um, Usually the centers are the smart, cerebral-type players, and that's by all accounts what Luke Fortner is. He's a mechanical
1: engineer that he got his master's in mechanical engineering, and now he's getting his MBA. Just like, eh, you know, why not? Since I'm here. Yeah, I'm here, so I'll get an MBA too. To the point that like, they make fun of him for liking school too much. He's a smart guy who he started in 23 straight games, so two seasons worth, and on top of that, you know, Drake Jackson started 40 straight games, played in 43. Fortner's played in 42. He played in a lot of games uh, rotating in. I, I guess that would have been 2018 when they did that full-time rotation. He played a lot of football there, so he's got the length. Um, and I, I, they've got a – he – Checks all the boxes, especially when you're transitioning offenses and you need somebody to call out the calls. He's smart enough to, to get the job done.
0: Yeah, let's fast forward to March when um, we start getting it into our draft bag. Luke Fortner, six foot six, three hundred pounds, has started games at left guard, has started games at right guard. Now will start at center this year for Kentucky. Um, has been in an inside and outside zone scheme in college.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that's gonna that's gonna really jump off the page to NFL scouts when they start digging into him.
1: Right, right. The I mean, that was what Wolford, who spent time in the NFL, it was like one of his first things in his press conference with us was, Hey, what'd you want in the NFL? It's like, well, I showed up and you've got five positions and only yeah. seven players to play it. They yeah. like people that yeah. have some and versatility.
0: In twenty nineteen, uh, Kentucky really leaned into some gap schemes. He had a lot of Q B counter, um, Q B power with the the ball. So he he so that's a that's where he's on the move pulling. So you've got a guy now that's got a, a pretty large package, a large sample of work. Jeez. You're Pete Burns <laughs> in the house. But, yeah, I mean, like, for him, like, he could be the guy that could be, like, the draft surprise with Fortner um, mm-hmm. just because of that position versatility, the um, positional size he possesses. And I think, I mean, he was one of the better run blockers in the SEC. PFF had him. It's one of the higher graded run blockers in the SEC last year. So uh, now he's battled injuries. He missed a couple games last year. Well, he would still got the start streak though, because he, you know, he did a couple the Vanderbilt steps game, yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah,
1: he did. He did battle some injury, but I think that was a significant development. But the biggest surprise—I mean, it was a lot of injury news today. Unfortunately, yeah. right. Um, let's do good news first. Let's be optimistic because. Stoops said that JJ Weaver is ahead of schedule in his rehab. I think that's evident if you follow JJ on social media. What I don't. But it's still like unclear. Like that, that injury happened in the second week of November. So he's only six-ish months removed from surgery. Now, the you know he's he's been telling folks that he'll be ready to go week one. Stoops was not going to put a timetable on it. I think they're gonna take their sweet time. Uh, to get him back, uh, because like you said, JJ is as valuable as it gets. Like he's got a very bright future. Right. Why rush him into that? Especially when you know you're opening up with Austin, Louisiana Monroe P or whatever direction. I mean, like come on, uh, name your direction. Kentucky's gonna name their score and beat the snot out of them. But uh, so that's the good news. Good news, JJ Weaver probably back. Bad news,
0: Keenan Upshaw, probably out for the year,
1: almost. Certainly,
0: yeah. The um, medical, uh, Google Doctor. We've heard it's pectoral. If it's torn pectoral, it sounds like a six month recovery. Mm-hmm. It's July. Yeah, yeah. You're going into middle January if that holds. Man, He's get, should... um, he gets the COVID year, obviously. You know how my brain's bad right now. Like well,
1: it, my math in my head did that to November. I was like, so I see. You <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's where I'm at right now, folks.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's it's a grind out here, man. Yeah. Typing words, looking at the computer screen. And the thing was I was feeling great until like
1: just before we started and then I couldn't text at all. But uh the the torn peck though, the worst part about it is it's not like you just gotta sit there and do nothing for a
0: lot of it. Yeah. It's surgery and you just you're nothing. I would imagine so, yeah. You can't, feels pain that feels like it'd be painful. <sighs> it had to be like it I don't know what it could be other than Bent, like what, dude, weightlifting like yeah bench press or, or flies yeah that makes sense some type of extended where your extension your yeah. arms
1: which would be really frustrating because that dude is just enormously swole like
0: yeah and it makes I mean I, I wonder if long arms if they're more susceptible to something like that players with
1: that's what I tell people I'm worse at bench because <laughs> I got long arms yeah. it's like no Rash you just are weak
0: yeah um, um, I can't do for arms too long <laughs> but yeah I mean that's it's it things, man yeah, Upshaw was going to be a big part of that offense. He was going to be a guy that they kind of flexed out and did some stuff, especially, in I think, in goal line situations, our red zone situations. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the, his most where he brings the most value. Or, uh, like not third the, and medium, right. too. Now, yeah. he's not the best blocker. No. You know, from, so from a blocking standpoint, it's an upgrade if you're giving Brendan Bates more snaps, I think. Right. But just from um, the pos- positional flexibility and the formational – Value he brings. And mismatches you can create. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it just hurts. Like I think Jordan Dangle's going to be a really good player. I just don't know how much he's ready to contribute right away. And
1: and my thing, too,
0: I was looking up pictures
1: of Upshaw because this is the second season-ending injury he's had at Kentucky. Uh, as a true freshman, he blew out his knee. They were they were going to try to play him. Uh, but like two weeks into the season, he blew out his knee. And you just look at the pictures of him from three years ago. Tight ends. I think they develop physically more so than any other football player. Brennan Bates, I mean, that dude was a beam pole when he first got here. He was a flag set a molar. I never thought he was gonna see the field. And then, I you know, going into last summer, I mean, he's got freaking cannons, you know, strapped to his arm. Just looked like an absolute monster. I, I think you're almost uh, blaming. Yeah, but 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 you're almost taking away a valuable year, uh, away. If you, if you play Dingle now. So, what I think they're going to end up doing is moving Trayvon Morgan down to there. Maybe Isaiah Cummings. Yeah. I, I feel like an Isaiah Cummings... It's it's
0: coming. I don't... Like, let's do it. Like, now's the time, I think. I think
1: the one thing that they would be hesitant about is appeasing Louisville kids, Chris Vaughn kids from aspirations. Like, they want to keep a good relationship there. So, maybe... But maybe this is an excuse just for him to get on the field more. Because... Hell, we saw it all the time when he was at mail. I mean, he, that's what he that did was my
0: that was my kind of scouting report coming for him coming out of high school. Like he's gonna like he's gonna have to prove he can create separation. If not, he's just gonna kind of be a big body X receiver who's gonna have to win jump balls nonstop. in um, the best case scenario, he would become like a kind of like a Seth Williams where it's just throw it up and he'll go get it. Mm-hmm. Or he could put on 10 pounds. He's already a really good blocker. Dude, he's put he's, on 10 he, pounds this summer. Yeah, he brings <laughs> he brings versatility in the run game and some of the stuff you can do, and then you can split him out, use him as like a big slot receiver or ISO him into the boundary um, in some situations and just take advantage of him that way. But, well, I mean, they haven't done that yet. I think that's the future for him, so maybe we'll see if this kind of pushes that in that direction.
1: Right, right. But
0: – like tight end, we've talked about twelve personnel a lot and how this is kind of the offense. Um, they're gonna be leaning on this position a lot, but you look at scholarship capital, you've got four scholarship tight ends with upshaw. Now yeah, you got yeah. you're down to three. Right. So that I mean it's a big question. What is that how what kind of effect does that have on the offense? Maybe we are 11-personnel podcast. We're not a 12-personnel <laughs> podcast anymore. May I mean, it puts more pressure on that wide, wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so you're looking at guys like Isaiah Epps, Demarcus Harris, Tay-Tay Krooms, who I think Stoops yeah, pointed out, out again today. Yeah. Uh, this could quietly, and Chris Lewis, I think, go in that mix. Like, mm-hmm. I think he might become more important now. It opens up snaps for these guys. Like, I think Upshaw was gonna play 55, 60 snaps in a 70 snap game on offense. Well, that's 55 snaps to fill, and how they do that, they're gonna have to figure out. Um, it's it's definitely sub suboptimal, but you know, well, I mean, we'll see. It's a, the thing Cohen's gonna have to figure out. I think it, it presents some challenges for sure.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, oh, it's it's one of those uh, two where. Uh, Stoops even mentioned to it, it it to me and I hadn't thought of it, but uh, you know, you could just go unbalanced. Kentucky's got three talented offensive tackles. Dare Rosenthal is an exceptional athlete. They I don't know how much they actually did it previously, uh, but yeah, just load up with your tackles if you want to go big instead of having to to, to lean on I know Rig and Bates. Are both exceptional blockers, but if you just need to spell them a little bit, like that's another option as well. I'm 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 with you though, where I I, I would like to see uh, Cummings or, or Morgan utilized in there, just because I think you need at least one of you need some sort of athlete with a little bit of wiggle as a pass catcher. At some, tight yeah, what's some play making right? in Bates and Rigg Rig, they're solid tight ends, but they I, they don't have the juice <laughs> like Upshaw had it. That's why it hurt so badly. Because we saw in a limited capacity, with the poor passing attack, just what he could do. And I think even if they weren't going to give him the ball directly, the threat of Upshaw as a playmaker was going to force defenses to keep, especially safeties. It was going to force them to play Ollie and Robinson honestly. Like... Because that seam, upshot going down the seam is much more dangerous than Bates or upshot going down the seam. Yeah,
0: it's also, I mean, it's glass half full, glass half empty, really. Mm -hmm. You can look at this either way. Um, Chauncey Magwood is a guy we've heard stuff about nonstop. Does this open up a door for him to get more snaps? Yeah. Yeah. He's and hit Kel I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, well, Magwood. We, I think he's hit some checkpoints early in the season. We haven't really talked about him a lot, but he's a guy I'm expecting to come in and play be a, like a legit factor in that wide receiver rotation. Um, by, by all accounts, like we talked about him on signing day, we all liked him. We've heard good things from the coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, we've heard closer to the program like that he's a just a dog. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't – like he's got some Darian Kennard, I, I don't care about anything but my business kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He's got some Benny Snell like where he's getting after people. Um, and so that, those those are obviously some important checkpoints for freshmen to hit. But that, that's really my takeaway from that. You get back to the Rosenthal offensive line or like going unbalanced kind of look. Number one, that's very kentucky Hell yeah! <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> like, we're though. so deep at offensive line, we're playing six of them. <laughs> we can, to get our best eleven on the field, we got to play six offensive linemen. <laughs> and so, like, but they have done some of that before in the past, like with Grant. Like you can, hey, you can do an unbalanced formation with just five offensive linemen. They did that oh, with, yeah, yeah. with the quad kind of formations to um, lined up in the field, and they would run inside zone back into the boundary yeah. f- away from it. And but, that's the traditional
1: imbalance is just bringing your left tackle over to right. the right or yeah. vice versa. So.
0: so they've had success with that in the past. Like last home win against Tennessee, they just gutted Tennessee with that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something we could see them kind of use. They've, they've used unbalanced Luke Fortner. They brought him in as like a six offensive lineman in the goal line in the the Tennessee game where they threw that touchdown to Allen Daly on third down. Mm -hmm. And so they've done stuff like that in the past.
1: So Um, it's an option. They've got it. That's
0: it. NFL teams use that a lot in some short yardage stuff.
1: Person is eligible, right? You you hear the ref over the intercom to to say that. And so,
0: yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that would be a surprise. Now, that's not something you're going to do super a lot of. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's just every once in a while. Which, one thing I forgot about Fortner, too, why it makes sense to put him at center. Austin Dotson is a pretty good right guard. Jagger Burton is your big dog in that class.
0: Right guard is pretty solid. If Austin Dotson was just college football average pass blocking, yeah. he's an all-SEC type player. He's an NFL draft pick because he's he straight gets after dudes in the run <laughs> game. And if he can ever figure that out. Um, now, I'm interested to see him in more of this – wide zone where it's gonna be a little different where there's not double teams at the well, point of attack. Yeah, a little more lateral. Movement. So that that's it that's gonna be something interesting to Moton Hunter. But that's not all they're gonna do. They're gonna do like like some duo um stuff with Eric Wolfer coming in. They, they did that at South Carolina, which is kind of like a you have a double team on each side and the running back kinda of picks the angle. To, right to like make it as simple I I think as possible. Um so they're still gonna have some of that power game. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, it would make sense. Dotson graded out very well last year when he didn't have to pass block. When he had to pass block, it was kind of ugly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you just got, you got, you've got dudes there. It's kind of the opposite of what they are on defense. Like, defense, you can get a lot more creative with your personnel. Like, offense, you're kind of – there's a structure there where you can't really mess with. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if they – if you could – turn some of their offensive linemen to quality of players as they are into, like, wide receiver of that quality, Right, they'd be in great shape. But mm-hmm. that's not really how it works.
1: Well, we, we've got to get to some more uh, newsworthy items on the football front. But uh, you mentioned something that, that I, I, I need to bring up now. And that's, folks, I don't know if you all know this or not, but you're in the presence of a, of a star, <laughs> an SEC Media Day star. I, I don't know – What made you decide that you're going to put Bob Holt in the hot seat? (laughs) But, folks, Adam Luckett, he brought his big guns out here to SEC Media Days. And he's just getting these coaches talking. Just getting them going on and on. One of the points, you got Stoops going on. You've been
0: beating him down... No, I've been leaning on them. It's like when you run the ball, you establish the run. You just lean on them, lean on them. You get three it in yards, the fourth quarter, and then you start yards, busting 12. 28. You get a fourteen, <laughs> you get a thirteen, and then you get a seventeen-yard touchdown. I finally, the the dam broke today. I finally got soups. All right, you asshole. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna run nickel and dime a Stop
1: asking me this question. He finally he finally he finally broke down because what it had asked about the sub packages. At least two, maybe three times throughout spring practice. Yeah. If not to him, to Brad White, finally broke down and was like, yeah, you know, we can do a little bit more. And it's like, oh, you got him. And the one who you really got that, folks, I know people think that Lane Kiffin is this, uh, you know, well, you know, an articulated kind of mastermind. He sets you up for the big shot and then hammers you home. He is the master orchestrator of this whole entire uh, gimmick. But today, Luckett was the puppeteer and he was the (laughs) puppet because Luckett asked him about analytics and he brought up a quote from about a year ago about seven being worth more than three and Wayne would not shut the hell up. I bet he talked, you know, like folks, when I say five minutes, this isn't, that isn't the 30 seconds and it. it sounds like five minutes. No, like it went on and on It was a long answer. He kept going and going and going to the point that at one, I actually thought at one time that he was on another question. It was like, no, he's still talking about Luckett's question. Man, you struck a chord with him and it wasn't talking about rat poison.
0: Yeah, it wasn't the – because you got the rant, you know, the questions. Oh, you're funny on Twitter, man. Talk about that. <laughs> or, you know, you got a good quarterback. If you could vote for uh, All-SEC, which was a great story, what he told the Urban, oh, okay. um, the Tebow story, because that was when he was at Tennessee, and they thought he didn't vote for Tebow, like the only coach. Oh, my God. That was and, good. And and you should pull up that audio it was, if you're it, at home. Yeah.
1: Like, I, I don't normally
0: recommend going And it's at the very beginning them. of it.
1: Hell, even the whole thing was funny. I mean, like for for press conference standards, yeah. Like it was, it was pretty entertaining. uh, But I mean, you could just hear the disdain for Urban Meyer still. In oh yeah, oh god, he still hates that guy. (laughs) It's like even Yeah, (laughs) I mean, oh man, he's just like an Urban. Oh god, that 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 was (laughs) was so. I'm just now remembering. God, that was awful. And the thing is, is that Kiffin. He wears his emotions on his sleeves. So you almost do need to watch it because his eye rolls. Yeah. And like his body language. Uh, whenever he found out, somebody told him the Nick Saban quote that Bryce Young was making close to seven figures. And they want to know his thoughts on it. and He couldn't like, believe it. There was like yeah. a part two of his question. He's like, he, he puts his hands down and he's like looking around like, Wait. Seven figures? Like he's like, you know, I don't mean, even know what to say. Yeah, he, he walked over to his SID and he's like, dude, you, you should have prepared me for this, man. Like, And then five minutes later, somebody asked him a question, one that, it was like an injury question. I thought he was trying to dodge it. He wouldn't end up answering it, but he just was like, guys, I can't get over this Bryce Young thing. I need him minute. it. Like, seven figures? Are you kidding me? So, Kipham was entertaining, uh, but I think you provided him the most entertainment of the day, letting him talk about going forward and forth down for five minutes.
0: Yeah, anybody that's following me knows I'm kind of into the analytics and whatnot. Anna Luckett's. Anna and I just you know, I was sitting there listening to him. I was like, man, if I could get this guy at Roosters sitting at the bar, we could talk. <laughs> Damn analytics, <laughs> like analytics and game plans and this or that I, for four hours.
1: Well, here's the thing with a lot of these coaches, they just they don't like dealing with us. But if you ask the right questions, yeah. Like, Belichick's like that, where if you ask him, a, like, a punting question, a random punting question, and he likes it, he will go on and on and on. And you found the right question for Lane to where he was going on and on and on. And
0: on. Right. Yeah. And it was – I mean, if you're into that at all, he kind of went through his whole thought process and why it is, but also at the same time talked about, like, you know, numbers never lie, but sometimes they're hard to go against because a feel for the game – If you have bad kicker, Mm -hmm. you know, if this or that. And then, like, kind of how, like, they're not as valuable, he thinks, as they were maybe a couple years ago because more people are using them now. And just how the thought process as coaches have to change. Because his first sentence was, he goes, I know that sounds like he just said seven's greater than three, and that's pretty basic. But that is a big part about analytics that, for whatever reason, for years as coaches, like, that didn't hit us. Because it just went against everything they were taught, like, growing up. And so it was just kind of like the modernization of the game, and I think he did a good job um, kind of answering that, um, which is something like – like in NFL we're seeing that a lot. We're seeing like them go for two, down eight mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and, and or or down, down nine. Yeah, Going, down 14. Yeah, yeah.
1: We're, um, you know, that's like almost common knowledge now, mm-hmm. whereas four years ago people were thinking that you're you what did Right. And, um, you know, and, and that – uh, one coach didn't bite on any of your talk, and that was, has the scheme changed dramatically since the last time Josh Heupel was in the SEC, mm-hmm. which was, what, three, four years ago with Missouri? Yeah. They had that like showdown that at Kroger for- Field with uh, Drew Lockett, quarterback. And and he didn't answer that question because it, it has changed a lot, and what made him successful at UCF and at Missouri isn't as easy as it once was. And yeah, I gave the old multiple can of worms. Man, and what I love too about Heupel is like all of everything that he said and yeah, we're going to get back to all that stuff. It's just, we're just, it's a lot of brain dumping right now. A lot of word vomit, but uh, there was so many things that he said to try to spin things a certain way that really made it actually sound like the opposite. They're like, yeah, what made you think you needed to go get Joe Milton? Well, I just don't think that we, you can never have too many quarterbacks. Competitions, but lights that fire, room in that fire, it's like, no, you idiot. Like, you think I'm buying that? Like, if you thought that Hendon Hooker or Harrison Bailey could have been your quarterback, then you wouldn't have gone back into the portal. You know, uh, what was the line he said to you about offensive line? Where it's like...
0: Yeah, he, well, he said it right. but That's what made me ask the question. Because um, we hear that a lot. It's kind of like, oh, it's just different in this league. Mm-hmm. You know, the line play is just yada, yada, yada. And so I just want, like, why? Tell me. And he gave a good answer on that. He's like... You know, just the talent, just the size, the length on the edge, all that length and pass rushers, how much issues that can give you Mm -hmm. from like a pass protection standpoint. Um, And that makes it important where you have to go out and get guys. But before that, he said, we understand that in this league, the line of scrimmage is extremely important too. But I think that the tempo on the offensive side of the ball gives us the ability to create an advantage in that aspect. We've got to continue to recruit and develop big, large people up front that will change the line of scrimmage as we continue to play. That just sound, that sounds like an indictment on that offensive line room yeah. in Knoxville. And we, that's a group that's got two five-stars starting at right guard and right tackle.
1: We've got to reuse tempo to get an advantage in the trenches. Right? That's what he said.
0: Yeah, and this, this tempo um, thoughts now, I just don't know how big, like, it was part of my reason, like, I, where I faded on Malzon while Chad Morris, I thought, bombed at Arkansas. You just – and Dino Babers is, like, going down the tubes fast at Syracuse. Mm-hmm. People have just adjusted. Defenses have gotten faster, have gotten smaller. Um, they've gotten better with their substitution patterns. You just can't – you can't just, like, go a million miles an hour and have this huge advantage. Like, they stopped the ball now. They, mm-hmm. let, they let them sub. They figured out – um, the fake injury when yep. they need to I yep. mean it's just you can't do that kind of stuff anymore and that's why I'm, I'm pretty pretty—I'm fading it pretty hard on anybody like if that's your MO I just I don't think that's I think it's kind of outdated right now
1: well and what's funny too is that what was once the Tubby Smith we're going to play fast like that, that every new college football coach used to say that mm-hmm. now Tennessee's got one who's had success playing fast and then today he even pumped the brakes on it he's like I don't I, – actually, I kind of want to pull up the direct quote now because it's one of the dumber things I've ever heard. Like, it, it made absolutely yeah. no sense. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, but before you get to that, like, my biggest – one of my biggest takeaways here all week is just pretty much Shane Beamer saying, you know, two years ago, Lincoln Riley just came out and it goes, we're running 12 personnel because that's the best way to do it. And you look in the NFL right now, that's that's becoming the most po- popular personnel grouping. Like, I think that's where the game is going. Um, we always wondered, like, when the defense got smaller, what would be the counter? And I think a lot of people thought it would be kind of power run, like lean in and be like Stanford. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really I think it's just been adding this tight end um, and giving um, – Because you can still pass it to him. You can you run or to. pass. It's a marriage of the run and the pass with, oh. it, with it, Liam Cohen line. Well, you've been talking to Liam behind <laughs> my back. And so, like, I just think that's kind of the next step. And then it's going to be if that really catches fire in the next couple of years, which I think it could – then it's going to be how the defense is kind of adjust to that. And it's just that yin and yang, um, the strategy part of the game.
1: Uh, the, the, The quote from Josh Heupel, man, what a quote. This is about him. He's like, you know, I want us to play fast. But he said, when I use the word fast, I'm talking about in the way that we play. Not just from play to play, but how we play the play the hell does that mean? <laughs> God, you... How about
0: sh- him getting fumbled on his words at the end? Oh, his...
1: go He he cannot say, go big orange. He did that in his opening press conference, too. He was like, go vols, vol for life. Or, he, he he messes up the easiest thing you have to do with your job, and that's figure out your school's catchphrase. Right. Like, Soup's don't even mess with it. He's not going to give like a...
0: Yeah, he's not ending it with go blue or whatever. Yeah, yeah, or
1: BBN, what up? You know, like, no, no, that's just silly, absolutely silly. Um, man, back to Mark Stoops, though, uh, because there were a few other newsworthy points besides what's happening on the offensive line. We got our first Dan Brezowitz comment, in, uh since the chief of staff had been arrested, and it's really the same thing we heard when it was Bone Knight suspended pending investigation. So, right. So um, that's where we're at for now.
0: Now, I, I'm not on the uh, or the the VIP Kentucky Beat Writers Club. Yeah. Right.
1: Nope, No, So yeah. I
0: so I'm gonna have to have a conversation with Slacks. Like, what do I got? How do I? What's initiation here? You got to <laughs> buddy. You got to ask ten more questions <laughs> in the big ballroom. Uh, so, so did it, they? Anybody? Been, They push him, or was that just kind of the answer on the –
1: Yeah, so for those who don't get the joke, every year before media days, they let the local media have, you know, 10 minutes or so with Stoops and with the players because, you know, let's face it, we cover the program much different than everybody else does. They're, you know, they're asking questions about SEC schedule. Pretty much
0: throw a bone for – Yeah, yeah, for for coming down
1: there and uh, you get to talk to him. But they were like, hey, we're only going to let one person from each outlet go so we can have a limited amount of people.
0: Well, KSR was the only outlet that had more than one person there, so what could – I should have just told him I was with – Oh, uh, Lonnie didn't make it this week. I could have just – I'm, I'm in here for Lonnie. Yeah, yeah,
1: you're you pinch in for Lonnie. That, it just wear, wear a snap cap, you know. Put, put <laughs> Give me a Browns
0: stuff. hat and walk up in there and we'll, we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> we'll
1: blend in uh, just fine. Tell him so. I'm a big
0: fan of clothes and I'm here to, <laughs> to talk to Mark Stoops.
1: So, so like it was unable to go up there and, and get the, the little bit of scoop that we got. But, yeah, it was just a, hey, what's Dan Brezowitz's deal? And, you know, we got two, three-sentence response. You can find that full statement on KSR. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not a professional attorney. I don't know how these things work out. Uh, but I don't know where it can go if the wife isn't cooperating. If she was the part. Because like, yeah. you have to press charges in like a – Domestic dispute. There, has thing, there been right? charges pressed yet? Not from her. Like it was. That, that's the part. There's a lot of weird things about okay. this case um, because it was made based on a videotape, but where it was, it's just it's just a weird mess. So I don't really know where it's going. Other than he's suspended right now while the university investigates all the facts. So, um, uh, Bow Knight, if you're wondering, Bo Knight is back to work. Um, but there's I, I I'm under the impression that there's still some. Weird legal stuff happening in that realm. So that was the, the serious- A lot going on. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the kind of serious um, talks that were had. Uh, we made it five minutes before he got asked a quarterback question, and he didn't. Was it you? No, you put your it J, J head was on. Was not. I, I did not ask the quarterback question. Um, that was BB and tonight. Andrew Rillo was asking the quarterback question. He did not give. An, he did not tell us who the quarterback was going to be. Shocker. Uh, I don't know, man. Really thought he was going to spill the beans, but that stoops. Did you did you see any comments that, like, jumped off at you with the quarterback or anything like that?
0: Uh, no, it was a very calculated response. Hard worker. I was impressed with our new offense um, getting the ball down the field. Like, he's mentioned multiple times Joey Gatewood, like, pushing the ball down the field, um, going out of his need. way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of the deal. Uh, it, there's not much for quarterback. Kavassie Smoke, I think Snoop's mentioned him as, like, being involved in the pass game. So maybe instead of 12 personnel, we see some 21. Uh And, like, a big part of this offense, Nick, is going to be that jet sweep motion. Mm -hmm. And that could just be Smoke's roll. He could just come in, run that. Um, They, you know, hand it off to him. You can run wheels off that motion. Um, You can do some other stuff. You can just be, like, kind of a, you know, a safety valve at the end of your motion. You just stand there and then throw it back. You know, I think that could maybe be a spot for him. So then you could play Rodriguez and him together, which would be, I think, a plus for the offense.
1: Yeah, and I, it's it was funny that that got brought up, and I don't think it was a coincidence either. You know, I'm pretty sure these folks talk, but uh, you know, Cole Kublik mentioned when I had a discussion with him today. If you haven't been keeping up on YouTube, uh, we have the 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 four questions of KSR series where. Asked Peter Burns if he considered it going by Pete. So we had uh, you know, those kind of jokes. So there's some general tomfoolery, but when I was talking to Cole Kubrick today, he said, you know, I I, I brought up having a good running back. He's like, You you said running back, but it should be running backs because I, I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but he's like, I think a lot of teams, not just Kentucky, are going to shift to split backs personnel this year to try to force defenses to play even sets to where you can't, you know, play strong to one side or the other. And it, it splits the field in half. And in this case, too, like, I mean, I know he only he did it in a very limited capacity, but you can't also motion him out to the slot to run like a hitch or a drag or
0: something. Yeah, like they that. did that last year. Yeah. It didn't have much of an effect. Yeah, I mean,
1: they, they, they completed a few passes, but, you know, they didn't do much and they, they didn't, I mean, I guess they needed to do a little bit more, but um, that was uh, that was eye opening, and it's one of those things too that you get so caught up in how good Chris Rodriguez was last year, you do forget that Smoke has all that juice if he can stay on the field. It's just he he hasn't been able to. Yeah, durability is a
0: big thing with him. Yeah,
1: so maybe this is ha- this is his path to to getting yeah uh, seeing more and steps. That
0: row also could fit Utah McLean too. Mm-hmm. Sure.
1: It's absolutely true. Uh, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to dig through my brain right now, like it What do
0: What do we think about all this Tate Kroom's name drops this off season? I think because it feels like Bryce Oliver esque. Like last year, that was the name we heard. You know, Bryce Oliver. We're really expecting him to be our deep threat. Bryce well, Oliver. Bryce I think Oliver. some
1: of it is 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 that receivers. We know they're fickle. Uh, not as fickle as defensive backs like Coach Prime, and you better call him Coach Prime, damn it, or he's gonna storm out of the room. But I, I think that there's a they try different ways to motivate him, in that they know that Te'Te has the juice, but they yeah. just don't get it on a consistent enough basis with his releases. So I think they're hoping that by putting a little bit of public pressure, that maybe moves him to to be more consistent, get a little light a little fire on yeah, your seat. Yeah, I, but I, I can't. I, I, I don't know. like I, th- That's my only guess because it's very unlike Stoops to to single out people that haven't really proven something. So he's obviously shown something, or else he wouldn't be name-dropping them. Uh, so I I hope that's the case because I, I really like Tay-Tay, and, and he's exactly what they need. Because as good as Wandale is, Wandale's shifty, but he's not top-end,
0: kind of, blow-your-socks-off kind of guy. Right. I mean it's a skill set they're they're searching for. They don't have many guys on the roster that can do what he does physically, um, potentially long term as a as a wide receiver. But yeah, I just think it's been like he hasn't even sniffed the field his no, first couple no. years on campus. Yeah,
1: so I, I don't I, I don't know exactly where it's go, going, but I hope it's
0: going somewhere. Uh hey, I, shout out to Butler. Yeah, I just it's find it he. interesting. I mean, the head coach has brought him up a lot. Right. Just found that interesting. Now was Krooms, was he a Chris Vaughn guy?
1: Actually, I don't think so.
0: I don't think he was either. Yeah, he's one
1: of one of the few Volvo guys. guys. J.J. Weaver was not either. Uh, speaking of Cubic, though, two things. Man, I wish he almost would have teased him a bit. He puts Kentucky at second. I think even more like not more satisfying in his SEC East prediction. But equally as satisfying as <laughs> having Tennessee six. Yeah. Like, God, I, I love that between Kublick and even Feinbaum was saying, like, I don't like the way things are. Like, dude, guys, let's bet Tennessee win
0: total unders and just, yeah. like, just bet against them all year. This could be Louisville 2018. Bet. My thought, Nick, well, I didn't really look at Tennessee. Like, my head, knowing the schedules and how it all shakes out, like, if Florida's three, they're seven and five. I just want to live in that reality. <laughs> like, give me a, a seven and five Florida oh, year.
1: because seven and five Florida, and then like three win Tennessee or four win like, Tennessee. What I
0: was thinking is like it's probably eight and four Kentucky, four and four. It's probably seven and five or or something like eight and four, four and four Florida. And Kentucky probably owns a tiebreaker. I would assume he's giving them the head to head win. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I well, let me live in that reality. Oh man, that would be rich. And and I think that. That speaks
1: to a greater, if you want to take a big picture theme, it's that we're at SEC media days and Kentucky's not playing the Rodney Dangerfield card. They're actually getting some respect. Missouri isn't just the flavor of the week. There's a Georgia feels like they're ahead of the pack, and there's kind of a
0: mix in between there as to who is going to be next. There's really no team, I don't think, is playing that we're not getting enough respect card because of the current state of the league. Like, you've got this top tier. I mean, it's Alabama-Georgia, and everybody's yeah. kind of right, right. It's Alabama-Georgia, and then it's like a glob of like nine teams or whatever. Well, we'll wait
1: till Jimbo gets here.
0: That, oh, that would be <laughs> – well, Mullen tried to do it, but nobody, nobody was yeah, like listening to it. But, yeah, that would be the one, I think. Mm-hmm. Especially after that playoff snub.
1: Right, right. Well, I tell you what now. I mean, oh well, gosh, I'm actually looking forward to hearing that. I Man. was
0: telling Nick earlier in the week. I was like, you know, I might not even watch Jimbo because he talks a million miles an hour. He's tomorrow too, is he? Tomorrow or Thursday? Uh, I can't keep up. I think he's tomorrow. I think it's him. <laughs> Saban kicks us off tomorrow. I think Jimbo's in the afternoon. We get Clark Lee. and then who am I? Being? Clark Lee Clarkley and
1: God, that's going to be
0: Harson's Frid- Friday. Harson's Friday. Harson's Thursday. Missouri's Thursday. Who am I missing? Pittman's Thursday. So, what's the last, what's the last team?
1: a and
0: Oh, Mississippi State. We get leeched tomorrow, too. Oh, nice. Woo. Uh,
1: yeah, I um, – I, Man, we both just, like, brain farted. Like, we just both completely went off track. But um, back to the point, though, of, like, they're not playing the I get no respect card. And you're actually hearing – the kind of regional folks say, you know, Mark Stoops deserves credit for what he's done, and if they can just get a passing game, yeah. they could be the second-best team he, in the East. That, and if, that's, the, that's the kind of the, – the way we've been talking for a while. If you can just show me something, then big things yeah. can happen, let's particularly just, the way the schedule
0: unfolds. Let's just say my my, my prediction was 8-4, and 4-4 four, four and four for the season. That's how I wrote it out. That's an Outback ball, I think. Mm-hmm. Let's say you play – Minnesota or Iowa in the Outback poll. You, Ooh, yeah. You win that top 25 season. You have a middle-of-the-road SEC passing game. That Like, when we come wherever it's going to be next year, I don't know if it's in Atlanta or if it's keeping it here. They might be going back to Atlanta. The, that topic is going to be, why hasn't anybody hired Mark Stoops? Like, on Radio Row. That's going to be like, why is he – like, it's year 10. Mm-hmm. He's got a winning record. He's got all these wins in a row. They're going to throw out his record the last six seasons. Like, why – that would be yeah, – yeah like, they've, they've kind of – Slowly and methodically risen above that, and I don't know if you noticed this. I did today. Stoops was very much oh. pushing the like building the program. And We're gonna we're keep we're keep we're, our growth is not stopping. Mm-hmm. Like we are not just happy to be where we're at. Like we're still planning. He said everything except like the goal is to win. Like to go to Atlanta, mm-hmm. and then you you hear Kennard, The first thing, how you doing, Darian? I'm great. We're ready to get to Atlanta. The questions. <laughs> I'll see you in Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> and so that is like, and Merrill has spoken about out about that a bunch of times. I don't know if he was on KSR or was a press conference where he went on and talked about yeah, the Georgia game. He said, We weren't ready for that game in 2018. If that game, had, when, it, when that game occurs again, we're going to be ready. Mhm. Um and so that I mean that's that's the goal, but to do to even make that a possibility, you just have to have some plus quarterback play. And I mean, and I talked about it on your all's radio show this morning. Kentucky roll call seven to nine. Boom, good play. You just said like what what does Mark Stoops Kentucky look like with competent quarterback play? If it looks like if they get that at all, like then you're really your eyes start to get a little bigger. Yeah,
1: no, no, you're exactly right. Um and and it also goes back to just there's certainly a vacuum forward in the league because I think they only said three only three quarters. Yeah, Pete Thamel
0: just wrote an article that I'm probably gonna read tonight about like QB like is there a QB issue in the league? Which is an article we get once every three years. No, yeah, because yeah, all that because it's cyclical. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, like but yeah, this year I mean it's it's why I don't, like I like Corral a lot. Yeah, can we, can we, I, I
1: wanted you to bring up Matt Corral's story that he shared ahead of us. Yeah, community. Dennis
0: Dye wrote an article uh, came out this morning, cbssports.com. He went to, I think it was called Thousand Oaks, which is like this prestigious school, private school in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Their biggest donor is um, the great one, Wayne Gretzky. He got in a fight. Uh, Matt Corral and Wayne Gretzky's kid got in a fight. TMZ reported it. And pretty much he kind of got blackballed from this school.
1: That was, was his golden opportunity.
0: Yeah. You know? And so, like, after his sophomore year or something, he went to, like, what's uh, called, like, Long Beach Polytech, which is more of a pu- urban public school, I think, to uh-huh. my knowledge. And um, kind of blew up there. But, yeah, that, I, I mean, I would very, uh, like, that, it tells you a lot about Corral um, and how much growth he's made. because. Because his first two years, he came off as kind of like you looked at that kid, Concurring. you thought he was a punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: and and that was and part of and that he showed message, some big
0: growth, I think, last year.
1: And, and part of his message too was like, you know, I just I was going through something mentally, and I didn't really realize like how I was coping with it was not only the wrong way, but like this was a mental health thing. I was still down because I was dealing with this in the back of my mind, right, and. Because like let's face it, if Wayne Gretzky is like singling you out as a punk and somebody who doesn't deserve to share the same earth as his kid, like that's going to have some ramifications. Mm -hmm. Like it's just going to. So uh, I I, not only did I find that interesting, but like also it's it's amazing how many good quarterbacks are from because I think yeah, so that was a big talking point today. Was it J T Daniels?
0: Matt Carell and Uga Voleli? And uh, Bryce Young. And Bryce Young. Bryce Young and JT Daniels went to the same high school. That's crazy. (laughs) Now, Bryce Young transferred in after Daniels left. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, he just talked, like, JT Daniels talked about... Playing them. Let me me practice this because I've been right for Clemson here. EJ, Uyagalai! I think that's how you do it. Uyagalai! I need you to do your Shane Beamer emphasis every time you say it, too. (laughs) Uyagalai! So, like, yeah, like, that... Really, to me, like, if SEC, like, the three best quarterbacks in the league are from Los Angeles. You yeah, can make the man. argument. Pretty wild. And so, like, that's just a – that's just – that's a tough pill to swallow, Pac-12. Like, <laughs> your problems are, like – they're look-in-the-mirror problems. Like, you can't keep the kids at home. They're just going I – mean, and then the DJU's down there at Clemson, too. Doesn't and JT if,
1: Daniels look like he's out of Central Casting Oh on, yeah, like, Friday Night Lights? Yeah, he looks like Good Jason Street to- or something. Yeah, and he's, he's almost like the dude on Varsity Blues that's like kind of artsy fartsy too. But Mox, he, he would much rather be in. Yeah, the I art, can see that. You know, but
0: like <laughs> he dad was, just wants him to play ball. I, of all the he players, of all the players that talked, I thought he did. He was pretty calculated, and he sounded like a quarterback, like kind of the yeah, guy yeah. people gravitate
1: to. Uh, Pascal though, probably had the best story. Yeah, the J Lo um, dude. Have we? talked about this things are running together did we talk about no J, not J. yet Paschal and J. Lo? well that was uh, <laughs> hey Josh K- Paschal kicked cancer's ass we know that well by now but he talked about like yeah, Curtis Birch kind of teed it up for him Ben like, Affleck better watch out he was like you know hey wh- where have you been able to share this story and he talked about churches and I think Curtis gave him a look like the Today Show tell him about the Today Show so Josh, you, you can catch the clip on KSR, but Josh went and J-Lo was performing that day. So they're all in the, they're not sharing the same dressing room, but they're all in the same general area of the Today Show where the people go to prepare and said, you just know, my, out. my mom was fangirling the whole time. And, you know, finally I just had to walk out. I was getting tired of hearing her. And I see J-Lo there at the top of the steps. We walk eyes. And she winked at me. And the whole like media room started laughing. And he's like, I hope it was a wink because I've been telling everybody <laughs> that since. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Josh Pascal, great guy. I don't think we talked about, spent our time talking about him today. But it was funny hearing him uh, mention not only like, like he's a guy who can get real real quick. Yeah. Like one of those where you're talking about like, he gives you the good leadership quote, but then it's like. Yeah, so I'm also working on you know transform my body. Been on a diet, and they're like, "Oh, what's the hardest thing to give up? Pasta! Oh my god, I love pasta. This is the worst, you know." So, uh, I, man, great representation down there. Uh, you know, he talked about just being blessed to be here, uh, coming from where he was, and looked pretty fly too, wearing the pink. He's like, "Yeah, real, you hey, got a look. manly to wear pink." And Canard man got some swag, bro. Oh, dude, I gotta I gotta tell Kennard's story too. So, Dan Kennard, enormous human. Probably the biggest guy that's gonna be here, maybe outside of the dude from Georgia that plays nose for him. I'm
0: trying to think if that guy from Alabama is coming.
1: Neil, I don't think he is. But like, Kennard's is an enormous human, and he shows up with big beard, a mane down past his shoulders that he's got dyed blue. He's wearing gold chains. Number 70 chain. He, yeah, 70 chain with big cross. He said he took off his tie because it looks stupid. So he just had like three buttons unbuttoned at the top. Chest hair sticking out. He's going to these different rooms where he's got to, you know, pose for photos that they're going to use for SEC network promos or CBS or what have you. And these photographers, they don't know anything. So Kennard walks in and they go, What position you play? He's like, really? He's like, yeah, what position do you play? You know, because they want him to do some sort of pose and mm-hmm. yeah, offensive line. He's like, you know, I can punt too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need. Punt yeah. to win. Put Kennard yeah. back there. The punt to win. Uh man, it uh, man, imagine punter Darren Kennard and quarterback Quentin Bohanna last year. That's a combo. Positionless
0: football. Oh,
1: God. Positionless football. Well, I can, I'm running out of stuff to say. What, what yeah, haven't we covered?
0: I think that about wraps it. Jo- uh, quick rundown. Georgia, Kirby filibustered. Um, they're not taking the bait on the the big Clemson game. Um, they're kind of staying away from the, ex- like the big expectation talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's clear that it's kind of national championship or bust for them. Tennessee, uh, all signs point to kind of a rough season. Um, Things are not going great for Hypel. They've been gutted by the portal. Um, It's all about survival for them right now. Kentucky, I think a lot of it was just Mark Stoops saying, you know, growth, growth, growth. Um, The program's in a good spot, but they're not done growing. Um, And then Ole Miss, it was kind of like the lane show today. Um, They're going to have a star quarterback. They're going to be really fun on offense. He opened up with a defense saying it was, you know, every new coach had trouble on defense, COVID year. Can't get any worse. Um, they're looking like a team that could potentially make some noise. And so that that was really the show today. And it's seven down, seven to go. We got four more tomorrow.
1: Man, what a day. We knew th- th- this is the real blitz, like it. This is the blitz. Hey. Tomorrow we'll be able to have a little bit more fun. Yes. We'll, well, We got a Dave and Buster's gift card burning a hole in our wall. Our busy day's over. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're going to have to find some content to make. Yeah. Maybe drink some Dr. Pepper. That might have to happen tomorrow.
0: That might be the day to do that.
1: Oh, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, thanks, all of you, for following along. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for listening. I will say, if you're an Apple podcaster, that app stinks. Uh, Uh,
0: I've been using Spotify here lately. I don't know if everybody has Spotify, but if you do. It's very easy to use. It comes the, up much quicker. You can it. hit the follow button, you go to like your library and it's if it's a new episode's up, it'll go to the, the top of your feed. Um, so that's that's how I've been listening to my own podcast that I listen to. Um Apple Apple just a nice Apple's, suggestion been, Apple's been stinking up the joint.
1: Well, last night I was worried that it didn't work. We had, on our end we've got a new podcasting platform. It's like, no, Apple Podcasts just takes forever. So, if you want to get it quicker, I might suggest trying Spotify out as a different alternative. But either way, we're just happy y'all are listening, following along with us. We still have so much more fun to be had. Uh, today, we, 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 we were buttoned up to the top button, but lucky I think I'm busting out the blue jeans
0: tomorrow. Casual Wednesday. I think I'm going, I'm going to pull out maybe the Masters polo. Oh! Um, uh, Got to dress up for Nick uh, Nick Saban, <laughs> and see see if I can la- see if I can. It's football weather in there, man. Oh, dude, like it's, it's so I talk cold. about football weather, I gotta go, I gotta show it a little bit. It's a little chilly in this in this, <laughs> in this media media room. I gotta show that I, I'm not affected. I mean, Bob Holtz in there, polo and shorts. So if he can do it,
1: I can do it. Man, well, uh, Godspeed tomorrow. Uh, just don't call Nick Nick, all right? Or you're. <laughs> Don't call him Nick or else you're
0: gonna be I, laughed at. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it is like, I just call him by the first names. It is kind of a you don't really know what to call him sometimes, especially if you're like a little younger. I can see how that can be intimidating.
1: I gotta give you uh, one critique though, like it you forgetting to say (laughs) what I know. I did that on last one. I did that on last one. I didn't realize. I was so
0: excited about the analytic question. I couldn't wait to get it out. Hey, but you got
1: this. You're doing great. I'm proud of you. We're we're firing all cylinders, and we're going to have much more to come from SEC Media Days. We'll be back again with more tomorrow on 11 personnel. Until then, go Cats and go Kroger.